And in the end, it's it's not about me. Right. It, shouldn't it, be. it is about Jesus. Yeah. And then it's about my brother or sister. And then it's about me. Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Tim. And this is the podcast, Every Moment His, a podcast devoted to applying the sermon to our everyday lives. Yes, sir. Yes. You know, uh, we wore the same outfit today <laughs> without even talking. Yeah, we, we're both wearing uh, red flannel right. shirts and blue. I have jeans on. You, the, you have kind of khakis on. They're like blue khaki but pants. But they're navy. Yeah. And we both have kind of lace-up hikers. Yeah, what kind are yours? Uh, Danner boots. Yeah. yeah, so we we both have boots on. I've got some uh, Timberland. Yeah, it was just I was happy when I saw the the weather as bad as it was. I thought today is the perfect day to break out my flannels and my boots. So for our listeners, you may be listening to this when it's like seventy and sunny. But right now it's like, what, 40 degrees, yeah, rainy, yeah. overcast? Yeah, this morning was cold. Yeah. 40 degrees, windy, rain hit in the air still. We're ready for like the L.L. Bean catalog, I think, the fall <laughs> edition. <laughs> well, this is like I this is like when I was in Thunder Bay, this is like my Canadian uniform. It's like what you wear. Yeah, boots and flannels, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I was I was happy to break him back out. I like this uniform. Yeah, it's comfortable. It goes well with my Nebraska coffee mug. Yeah, and I haven't worn uh, like a flannel shirt for a good six months, you know, so. Good, good. Feels like home. Well, one of the specific questions that we want to ask today, actually the specific question, is um, this question of church hopping and shopping. Um, good and not so good reasons for finding a new church. Yeah. I think that today we want to take a look at what are maybe some of the cultural factors, the influences that we're not even aware of that might cause us to uh, break up with our church, that might cause us to treat our relationship with the church sort of casually. Uh, are there some factors at work in our culture that we're not even aware of that influence us? And also to kind of take a look at this biblically, you know, is, is church hopping or shopping a biblical theme? Uh, so uh, during our time today, we want to go back to the New Testament, first century, and ask the question, did people church hop in the first century? Then we want to take a look at what contributes to church hopping and shopping in the 21st century. And then we'll go over what we think are some uh, not so great reasons for finding another church and some potentially good reasons. Right. Which there are some good reasons, so you'll have to hold on to, yeah. to hear those good reasons. So <laughs> stay tuned. So, yeah. so do you think people church hopped in the first century? Like did the people at the Church of Philippi say, I'm going to change my membership to the, the church in Corinth? <laughs> it's hard to imagine, isn't it? Because what we do see in the early church is is house churches, right? Mm -hmm. We see small small gatherings of, of right. churches and, and kind of an organic leadership coming from the ground up because the apostles would appoint elders, right? Or mm -hmm. or the the person, the evangelist in charge of the city, like say Timothy, he goes to Ephesus and St. Paul tells him, appoint trustworthy men 
right, to do this task, right, to be elders in the church. And so we would see kind of a very tight-knit um, house church kind of community mm-hmm. piece. So first of all, I don't know that Christians in that era had this kind of sense that I only belong to this house of worshipers. Oh, right. What mm-hmm. do you think? I don't get that sense. Uh, you do talk about, you know, the in, in the New Testament, the church that meets in so-and-so's home. Right. <laughs> and, and so some of that might be geographic. So you have some people live on one side of the town. Uh, it'd be kind of like you have like first Lutheran church and second Lutheran church and third, you know, it's like right. churches will naturally begin to split and multiply uh, as space becomes a problem. And, and human factors uh, start to play in it. Yeah. I think about um, what happens in Acts chapter 7 when the two sets of widows were getting upset because the Greek widows were getting neglected. Oh, right. Yeah. And they the, it seems to me that the apostles had to work very diligently yeah. to be sure that there was not division that would creep in because of human error. There was this potential ethnic division. You had yeah. the... The Hebrews, the Hebrew Christians were getting their daily distribution to their widows, and the Greek ones were not. <laughs> right. And so you wonder if there was sort of an ethnic uh, division a there. natural favoritism, possibly. Yeah. And the, the apostles seem to be working very hard to make sure that it's an integrated church, that they're not just, like, segregated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one thing that comes to mind for me is is the First Corinthians, because in the letter to the Corinthians, Paul's first letter in particular, there is this issue of divisions in the church. And even in chapter one, I think, or maybe it's chapter three. Yeah, chapter three, maybe. Uh, some people say, I follow Apollos, mm-hmm. who was a very gifted preacher. Other people say, I follow Peter. And other people say, I follow Paul. And some even say, I follow Jesus. You right. guys are all wrong. Yeah, he's <laughs> Jesus is pretty good, and I'm going with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And so even in the early church, you know, Paul is addressing this issue of factions and divisions yeah. in the church. And Paul doesn't have kind words for that. He says that when you divide the church, you divide the temple of God, and that God mm-hmm. will actually judge those who destroy the body, who yeah. divide it and break it up into pieces. And so there is this, um, the technical word is uh, schism. Uh, there are some schismatics uh, in, in the church who are breaking up the fellowship. And a lot of it has to do with pride and I'm more spiritual than you, uh, rich over poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, for example, the issue with the Lord's Supper that mm-hmm. was going on is that people were uh, showing preference to other people. And uh, so when... When we talk about church hopping, you know, in in today's reasons for church hopping, um, I don't know that it's quite addressed, you know, because today, and we'll talk about this, you know, some a little bit later, but it's like I'm upset, or mm-hmm. there's usually it's like there's more resources, or I feel a greater sense of belonging or whatever yeah. at this other church. In the New Testament, I think what we see in particular is people being united on doctrine. Yeah. And there's a lar- there's a huge effort to to keep everyone united based so th- I would say that the authority of the church 
even though it was contested, mm-hmm. that was much more centralized. So St. Paul will say, hey, do you think you guys are, are proud for, for allowing this sin in your church? Like, even though I'm not there, I'm there with you in spirit. There's yeah. one Lord, and guess what? I'm coming, and you guys are to deliver this word of justice to this this person, mm-hmm. even though I'm absent. And so there was this uh, clarity. There was a greater sense of authority, I think, I within think so. the apostles. And that so, goes back to kind of what we were I was preaching on on Sunday is like, Jesus himself had said, you guys yeah. are going to be my apostles. He had chosen them and given them the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and some of these powers, right, as mm-hmm. to, to heal uh, people, to raise the dead even. So this brought a lot of weight to it. Well, and, and to add to that, there are some factors that were different in the first century. So people were not as transient. People did not move. They weren't as mobile. Uh, so you don't have people like, you know, in Rome and then moving to Ephesus and then moving to Jerusalem. I mean, Paul did that, right? He was mm-hmm. moving around and so did some of these evangelists like Timothy. But by and large, if you were born in a city, you stayed there and you worked the trade that your parents did. And and there wasn't like a lot of moving around. But then also, we have to remember that for the first like 10 centuries of the church, there was never any denominations right it's not like there was lutheran or or catholic or methodist uh, Methodist or baptist in the first centuries of the church there was just the church and if you weren't part of the church you were a heretic you were labeled a nestorian or an arian or a or a pelagian and these are those uh those schismatic groups that broke off from the one true uh church from the one true Catholic faith. And when I say Catholic, I don't mean Roman Just Catholic. Universal. Universal yeah. faith. Uh, they were breaking faith with the Apostles' Creed or, or things right. like that. Saying that God is not Trinity or yeah. that Jesus is not God. Or you know. that he didn't rise from the dead. Yeah, okay. stuff like that. And then you have what's called the Great Schism in, was it the 11th century or 10th? 10th. Uh, <laughs> maybe 11th. It was just... It was just in the 900s, so it was, 10th, I think it was 10th century. We got to go back and look at I our know. history, but that was when you had East and West divided. So you had the Western right. church, the Latin speaking church, and then you had the Eastern church, the, the Greek speaking church, which is where we now uh, get that East and West divide. And And then there wasn't any schism in the church, any notable schism in the church until the Reformation. Mm-hmm. And in the Reformation, that was a Western split. You have groups that break off into um, Lutheran, which we weren't called Lutherans at, be- at the beginning. We just thought it, we were Catholics. Yeah, <laughs> right. We called ourselves the evangelicals because yeah. we believed in the gospel. We were reclaiming the gospel. Yeah, evangelical coming from the, the Greek word for the gospel. Yeah. Right. So we are the gospel proclaiming church. Yeah. And then sort of as a derogatory term, we were called the Lutherans. Yeah, and Luther said, don't do that. Yeah, but then they did. Stuck. (laughs) And it's on the sign. (laughs) And so, yeah, so we we had all these continuing breaks in the church, and this really was when there was uh, a competing market of ideas and doctrines that was new. I think new because I think the traditional top-down authority of the church had been challenged. Luther said, we're going to go to the scriptures. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that when we say we believe in the scriptures, 
we're believing in the words of the apostles. And so we're not saying anything else than we believe in the apostles' teachings that are they are primary mm-hmm. over any other tradition. Not that traditions are bad. Lutherans actually really wanted to keep a lot of traditions yeah. in the church. And that's why we still like use liturgical colors and liturgical uh, garments, wear, and stuff like that. But we said we really want to go back to the scriptures and found everything that we say uh, in good conscience on the faith handed to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that meant that we were going to exclude some of the practices that had come into the church that were not well-founded. Right, like praying to saints. Right. And uh, something like indulgences. Right. Things like that, or but the authority of the Pope. But then once that kind of, uh, that had been broken, that seal had been broken, and there was churches that were forming of their own authority. Yeah. Um, or of scriptural authority, it just kind of snowballed. Yeah, yeah. And so now we get to present day, 21st century America, and I think that that creates a way different environment yeah. than what we had in the centuries leading up to now. And a lot of those different environmental factors in our culture are going to make church hopping and shopping a lot more um, appealing, I guess. Yeah, uh, uh, appealing and problematic. Yeah, and problematic. So, yeah. so let's just talk through... What contributes to church hopping and shopping in the 21st century? And and what we mean by this is like, you know, you could see this at a couple of different levels. So, for example, I was a member at this church for maybe four years, but then I got upset about something, and then I moved to another church for about six years, and then I found a better church, and now I'm, I'm, I'm a member there. Or it could be, I'm not really a member of a church. I just kind of go to wherever feels good. Maybe I'll spend a season here, a season there, but I'm not grounded in like a covenant membership with the church. So um, the first thing I want to throw out is I think that we have a a wide range of options because mm-hmm. American religion is very entrepreneurial. It, it, it sort of reflects our free market system. So uh, in a nation that has freedom of religion and also has a free market system, where we're very democratic about things. If I decide, hey, um, I slightly disagree with you, Pastor Tim, on this doctrine or this practice, and there's a group of people in the church that agree with me, I'm just going to go across town, rent a space, get a lease, yeah. and start my own church. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, and maybe 10 years down the road, uh, somebody else in the church might say, actually, I think I disagree on this point of biblical interpretation, maybe something in the book of Revelation <laughs> yeah. about the end times. So I'm going to start my own church. Right. And then the cycle just continues. You know, it's not like back in the time of the apostles where you had one church. Yeah. But now, in a very entrepreneurial free market system, anybody can start a church. Yeah. Anybody can rise up and say, I'm a pastor. God called me. I'm going to start a church. I'm going to give it a cool name, like Next Level Action Church. And then <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and uh, that, that church is going to have a smoothie bar for real, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Laser shows and just everything. Maybe bubble tea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just bubble tea. And, and Pellegrino uh, sparkling water. I'd go for that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 
and yeah, I think that I think that's part of it. You know, it's like there's this. The Lutherans were saying, "Hey, in back in the 1500s, we want to hold to Scripture alone, mm-hmm. and that's where our ultimate authority is going to be, and yeah. our institutions will serve that authority. But we're not going to pretend like the church hasn't been speaking for 1500 years before us." Right. Yeah. 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 So we want to hold to as much of that good. Uh, track that we we possibly can. We want to stay in that train. We don't want to divide. Yeah, thought. and that's yeah. a. I think that's kind of a. Let's do MythBusters here for okay. a second. I think that's a popular myth uh, with the Reformation. Martin Luther rose up against authority and broke right, away right, to right. start his own church. That's not the way it happened. Luther and Philip Melanchthon and Martin Chemnitz and all these reformers of the church. These guys saw themselves as Catholics. Yeah, they and they they longed to be back with the Catholic Church. They wanted yeah. things to work out. They wanted the family to be intact. In fact, Luther was calling for a council, hmm. just like the Council of Nicaea, uh, where we get the Nicene Creed. They were calling for a council. They wanted to get together and talk this stuff out and and be favorable to each other, because Luther and the reformers were saying, "We're not making stuff up. We're going back to the Church Fathers. We're going back to Augustine. We're going back to Jerome. We're going back to uh, Athanasius. Yeah, uh, to all these, these, these Church heavy fathers. hitters that, yeah. that that the Roman Catholic Church claimed as their own. Mm-hmm. The Lutherans were saying, "We're not deviating from those guys." We're yeah, and so in fact the to stir the pot a little bit here, the Lutherans were saying, actually, the Roman Catholic Church has deviated from yeah. the Church Catholic or the Church Universal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still hold that today. We still say there's errors that have crept in and right. that the Roman Catholic Church is still in need of reform. Yeah. Um, so we are sort of a protest movement within the Church, mm-hmm. in a sense, that we're saying, hey, guys, uh, <laughs> the gospel, <laughs> yeah. we're not saved by works. Uh, let's talk about this, and uh, hopefully someday the church works all that out, but yeah. maybe not until Jesus comes. And, and I think if we look back into the scriptures, how did we see churches begin? Apostles or missionaries would start them, but always under the acknowledgement and understanding that we're under the apostles. Yeah. And they have the authority from Jesus over what we believe. Yeah, you didn't have somebody who was like, I'm just going to start my own church. I'm going to call it, you know, next level, elevate, awesome church <laughs> yeah. of Corinth. Uh, yeah, and like Saint Apollos pa- didn't do that. <laughs> and St. Peter would just be like, yeah, they're not, they're not Christians. They're not part of us. He would say, you got to come under the uh, apostolic authority. Right. Yeah, that you have but to come under the, the traditions and the teachings that have been delivered uh, by the apostles, which is now yeah. the New Testament. And yeah. even in the Reformation era, w- there was only a few big players. You know, there was... In Europe, there was the Roman Catholics, there's the Lutherans, there's the Calvinists. Those are the two great Reformation traditions, and then yeah. the rest were kind of aberrations. They were kind of splinter yeah. cells. There were other ones that denied the Trinity or that uh, wanted to like overthrow the government. Right. <laughs> uh, Luther called them the Schwarmer, which are yeah, yeah. which is like the the fanatics, radicals, yeah, the radical reformers. And they were uh, one of the hallmarks of them is they denied the sacraments or they denied the means of grace. They would say that God would work through mysterious inner 
inner means, but they denied the visible means of the church. So yeah, so they would downplay or deny baptism or the Lord's Supper, but they'd make a lot of like dreams and visions yeah. and stuff like that. And this yeah. is where the little church history sidebar, but where the, the Anabaptists were part of that group, and the Anabaptists said, your first baptism when you were a baby didn't count uh, because you didn't mean it, and yeah. you have to be rebaptized. So they downplayed, and that's what Anna means, to be baptized again. again. So Anabaptists, um, which do share a lineage with current-day Baptists. Some of them. Yeah. yeah, but they downplayed the visible means of grace where of baptism, which no one in the church had done that for 1,500 years. Yeah, Just about, it was like 99% of the church was saying, yeah, baptism saves you. Of course you should baptize your babies. Yeah. Anyway. Church history with Pastor Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's talk about the next one, uh, the consumerism mentality. So I was thinking about, you know, I went to the gym, uh, and they have this big sign that says, in the end, it's all about you. Yeah, shout out to Planet Fitness. <laughs> and, and, you know, they're trying to tell me that, like, the fitness that, that they're offering, it's really tailored to my needs. Yeah. Okay, fine. Don't take that as a philosophy for life. Take it as a fitness philosophy, maybe. Okay. I'm putting the best construction on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, for example, remember Burger King? Uh, have it your way. Have it your way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All these commercials, whether it be insurance or banking, it's, it's all about you. And and I think that bleeds over into the way that we see the church. Is yeah. that in the end, Pastor Tim, the church is all about you. Yeah, and I, I think it's really hard to get out of that mindset because, yeah, our, our entire culture is going that way. And I think the Internet has just made it worse in that every single thing is tailored to your convenience. Um, and so when we go into the church, if we experience any awkwardness or any discomfort, we immediately say, I got to find someplace I'm else. Out. Yeah. 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 I didn't, didn't have the coffee I want. You know, there's no cute girls in that church. They, the song they sang was too old. Yeah. So therefore I'm out. It's not for me. Not for me. Yeah. Whereas I think this is an important marker of the church is, and Christians need to be willing to have awkward experiences. Yeah, right. <laughs> because we're people who say, yeah, God has thrown us together Yeah, um, yeah. with other people that we wouldn't necessarily choose, but These people grace. that have been given to me as a gift instead of the ones I've chose for myself. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and, and so... So that consumerism mentality mm-hmm. does cause us to say, yeah, I'm just, I don't feel like I'm getting fed. I need to find somewhere else. And in the end, it's it's not about me. Right. Shouldn't it, be. it is about Jesus. Yeah. And then it's about my brother or sister. And then it's about me. So, yeah, I think um, I was thinking about this as a, we were talking a little bit before the show about I have some empathy for maybe a young person who says, I really want to go to church, but the only church around me, everyone's over 65. And I just, I feel lonely in that setting. Mm-hmm. And there's some real kind of human angst there. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if you would think about, okay, let's, let's imagine that we were in, you know, communist Russia under Stalin or something. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it was illegal to be a Christian. Right. And you had the opportunity to go and worship with other Christians. Would you care who's in the room? Would that be like your number one thing? Yeah. I don't think so. I think you'd just be 
joyful to be you around Christians. You just be glad that you found an oasis, right? Yeah. With God's word. And yeah. to hear the word with other Christians and to encourage each other. Yeah. So really, you know, with each of these points, we're trying to help people to think critically about what might influence you to just hold membership in a church lightly or maybe uh, be shopping. And let's move on to another one, too. Uh, we often value experience over truth. Yeah. Yeah, and so all those factors, you know, like um, I had a great experience because someone I was attracted to talked to me in whatever capacity. You know, mm -hmm. I was just attracted to their personality or their yeah. persona or something. Um, or I, I really liked the music that Sunday, and so it lifted me up. Or that, that, that pastor, the message... Mm -hmm. just was so relevant connected. it just connected and and so we're not even asking so much was the message scriptural or did it convict me of my sins and show me my savior and help me live as a forgiven child of god we're asking how did it make me feel mm -hmm. and feelings are important they're part of what it means to be human but sometimes we will look for the experience over uh, the truth. And I think of it kind of as nutritional labels. You know, like, I love the experience of eating, you know, brownies yeah. with, like, chocolate lucky, fudge lucky syrup. Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. I yeah. love that experience. <laughs> it just, it's great. I do it every day. It's, mag it's magical. But, you know, I have a physical this week, and if I do that every day, my doctor's going to tell me that I'm not healthy. Mm -hmm. And so I think as pastors and as Christians, too, we just need to, to really be all about the food labels. Like, what are the ingredients? What are the nutritional facts about the worship service that I'm attending or the church that I belong to? Am I getting some good fruits and vegetables and uh, maybe a little less salt than I want? Mm -hmm. uh, am I getting good portions? Or am I getting the stuff that makes me feel good, but yeah. in 20 years is going to be a chronic condition spiritually? And and I think this just really points to okay, when we when we're going to the church, the primary goal is to encounter God. Yeah. It's to encounter God in all of his truth, all of his mercy, all of his love. And we don't want to put anything in front of that. So I think there's just a, a core belief that when I go into the church, um, God's actually gonna be there. It's going to be working on me. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not going to find just lucky charms. You know, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. find God is going to be encountering me with uh, his whole being. And that's really what we should want. But so often we actually don't want God. We think we do, but we don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we want the corollary of being with God's people, maybe. Yeah, um, but depending on God who himself. worshiped there before you, you might find lucky charms in the pews. Yeah, so it's like, oh, I went to a worship uh, situation. I don't know what God they were worshiping, but man, did it make me feel good. Yeah. Well, I've even seen that we don't talk about worship so much as, as a worship service, or as Lutherans call it, the divine service. I see people talking more about having a worship experience, hmm. like join us for a worship experience. And I think that kind of plays into that whole experience over truth. Uh, one more here. I think we have a lack of teaching on what it means to be part of a church and the purpose of the church. I just think we have this kind of low view of the church that it's kind of a association of somewhat like-minded people that you can take or leave. Uh, it's not something that is shaping me to be 
a follower of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, one of my favorite ways to talk about the church, it, it connects to the resurrection, life of the world to come. The church is a colony of heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. Call it, so if you think of it that way, you think I am journeying to heaven or to the new creation with uh, with some fellow teammates, you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm, we're in this together. Like we're in the same minivan. Same minivan, yeah. <laughs> Waiting for Jesus to return. Sorry, it's just <laughs> eight passenger minivan. Um, <laughs> but we're, we're going the same place and there's labor to, to be done. Yeah there's danger that will be encountered because we're in a hostile territory. Right. And if you begin to think more about that reality, like we are an outpost of heaven here on earth and that's what we should be doing. Um, you start to drop a few, a few of your, you know, qualifiers for your, yeah, like your presence to be there. I can't go to this church because I don't like their coffee. <laughs> that's one of the most valid reasons actually, yeah. is it? <laughs> To be honest, uh, <laughs> so what are some some not so great reasons for finding another church? And let me just clarify here: you know, a lot of this is not black and white. There are you know certain circumstances that maybe switching a church is a good idea, but but let's just generally talk about. You got to really think hard if if this is your reason. Yeah. Uh, don't just maybe jump churches quickly on these reasons. So uh, what do you think? What's a good one? Uh, not so good one, rather. Well, a not one not so good one is just like, I don't like the music programs or I don't like the program, the offering of um, experience that's there. I don't like the menu, maybe. Right. I don't like the menu. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not appetizing. Yeah. So um, there's not enough things that cater to my preferences i felt needs felt needs yeah uh either i don't like singing from a hymnal or i don't like singing contemporary music or i don't like the blended (laughs) option whatever it might be you know yeah it's it's uh, a preference kind of driven choice and so instead of people maybe contributing and saying oh maybe i can help or Mm -hmm. or give helpful feedback i'm just gonna leave (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to kind of ghost my church. Yeah, and I think if you just if you just run that through what the church really is, you know, calling of heaven on earth, is that a good reason to abandon your brothers and sisters in Christ? Yeah. Honestly. Um, and so think think long and hard. Yeah, about or that. maybe, I think I saw this on a inspirational poster once, be the change that you want to see. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you're... It's Jackson, man. Is it? Yeah. Michael Jackson, you know. Oh wow! Look in the ma- look at the man in the mirror. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. <laughs> I was never a big fan, so. No, oh man. No. Okay. Uh, how about this one? Um, you're upset with somebody, or you have a personal conflict with someone. Yeah, this is. I think this is a huge spiritual issue because. Okay, if God is gonna work by His Spirit to effect change in your heart, guess where He's probably gonna do that when you encounter another sinner yeah. and, and you are confronted maybe with your own sin, mm-hmm. where conflict comes from, um, you know, this, this lack of peace in our hearts, lack of trust in God, lack of love for one another. And so I think, yeah, people just say, well, it didn't work out. 
or I got upset with s- someone in my pew. And so I'm just, I, I can't do it anymore. I'm going to a new church. And it's like you, you short circuit that process that God is calling you into yeah. to transform you. Transformation is difficult. It is. And now you're saying, uh, I'm going to opt out of that transformation process. I'm going to take all of my problems and I'm going to take them from this church and I'm going to add them to this other church and nothing's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wins when that happens because when we just leave a church because of conflict, we're in a way we're betraying the message that we believe, which is that God came to reconcile us, not just to himself, but to other people. And there can be some really painful things that you go through as a church. You know, maybe you're, program that you wanted to start was ignored or or you know snuffed or or maybe somebody has has sinned against you they've had pride Hmm. they've gossiped about you Uh, that's that's heavy stuff but are we able to as the church work through those things and and bring other people into those conversations in a healthy way so that we're able to reconcile well and if you just think about what jesus calls us to i mean he we pray all the time in the lord's prayer Mm -hmm. you know forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us and jesus gives you in in matthew 18 here's how you deal with it if someone has sinned against you you don't flee from them you don't gossip about them you go to them and tell them the, the problem yeah so jesus commands his church to deal with their conflict to be turned not based on their own will, but based on what his word says. Mm-hmm. And that's where unity be, can be found. And so, yeah, we we really need to work on that as a church, I think. And just, it's a personal maturity issue too. It's like, mm-hmm. are you going to run from every conflict in your life? Um, God calls you to stay, to stay, wade through the uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. Repent if you need to repent. Call people out upon on their sins and ask them to repent and be reconciled in the name of Jesus. So it's a yeah. That's not a good reason to ch- to change churches. No, no, and and culture doesn't model th- this for us well because no. we either avoid conflict or we cancel people. <laughs> yeah. And as uh, the church, we don't want to do either. Uh, this one, <laughs> this one's always fun. I don't like the pastor. Yeah, join <laughs> join the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I promise you if you like me, I won't speak for you, Pastor John, but if you like me, there'll be a day when you don't. <laughs> well, you should think about that with every pastor because no see, nobody nobody liked the prophets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and a lot of times people didn't like Jesus, and so as a pastor like we we want to be friendly, we want to be hospitable, we 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 want to love you, but part of our job of loving you is speaking truth and and so sometimes we are going to have to preach on topics that uh, may be offensive or maybe uh, we're going to have to say things that are going to challenge you and and that's the role of a pastor that's the role of a shepherd of a teacher in the faith and we can't sidestep that in fact the bible has all kinds of really harsh warnings for <laughs> for mm. prophets or mm. Or, uh, or pastors who avoid the responsibility of of sidestepping the scriptures and telling people what they want to hear, uh, you know, the blood is on our hands then. 
Yeah. And so there there will be a time where where you know we may preach a message that you say I don't like that, but is God using that to mature you? Yeah. <laughs> Let me just put this bug in people's ear. If you ever upset by a sermon, look at the scriptures that it came from and mm-hmm. ask that question like is my pastor just off the rails cuz he could be. Yeah. So check the scriptures or is he right? And this is God's word um, messing with me, messing with my heart yeah, and, and trying to reorient me to the truth. And so I would plead with people, you know, if, ups- if you're upset with a pastor, are you upset with the, the messenger or the one who gave the message in the first place? Yeah, some be, good, yeah. good heart searching there. Yeah. And beyond that, I would just say as pastors, we're humans yeah. and we're going to let you down at some point just simply because we're, we're just like you. Yeah, um, we're going to so misspeak sometimes. You know, we're going to say something that might um, accidentally offend you, uh, especially if you have a public speaking role where you do, you're doing a lot of that. Yep. It's not like the podcast where you can go back and edit things out. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so have some grace. Um, this is probably, <laughs> I just have to laugh about this one. Uh, the other church is so much cooler. Yeah where the cool kids hang out. I've seen this with churches that, you know, Lutheran churches generally have kind of boring names <laughs> a little bit. Like St. James. St. James yeah. or St. Yeah. Peter. Yeah. Uh, Christ. Or, yeah. <laughs> I mean, none of this is boring, but you know what I mean. Because <laughs> yeah. then you have churches that are like Elevate Church yeah. or like Next Level Church yeah. or like... Um, you've seen some of these, right? Yeah. You know, I kind of like the... Uh, like some of the the uh, Southern Baptist missionary churches have like these really awesome names, like Full Gospel Tabernacle, yeah, yeah. Temple Harvest. of the Holy Spirit, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are pretty cool. When I was in uh, Hartford, there was a church called the Church of Jesus Knows Best. Boom, <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah, I think there's that that trendy sense, and I, you know what? What I've found is these trends last about a decade. Yeah for whatever it might be. And then they're back to the, it's like, it's like when people like speed past you uh, on the interstate only to find themselves in the same line, um, you know, right, of yeah. traffic. Yeah. It's like different churches throughout history and, and different movements have tried to do the latest and greatest thing. That's just going to change the whole world. And then they just hopefully all come back to this reality that like, oh, it's it's God's word that's going to do anything. Yeah, right. And any way we wrap <laughs> this up yeah, yeah. is going to be temporary, you know? So we got to get back to the basics. And then they say, oh, we're getting back to the basics like it's a new trend. Yeah, yeah. That's why C.S. Lewis said, always read the old books. Don't read the new ones. Read the old books because... There's all kinds of fads and trends, and this comes in the church, you know, with kind of a random action verb name for a church, yep. you know, and and here we are, the church that's been around for 2,000 years, and, and you know, it may not be sexy, yeah. right? <laughs> but we should start that church, just sexy church. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just see if it works. Let's just see if it works. Probably not. It'll work for a while. Yeah. Um. We'll call it the latest, greatest thing, church. <laughs> yeah. Even better. The church of the passing trend. <laughs> the church of the eternal trend. Yes. All right. So what are some, maybe some good reasons for... There are some good. There are some good reasons. Yeah, there really are. Um, so 
let me tell you a quick story. So I had a family that I was serving and in in Thunder Bay, and they had gone through like a really hard time, a really hard time, mm-hmm. um, just unspeakable difficulties that they faced. And they just had this this problem with the space. So they, when every time they came back into the church, they just had these really heavy feelings. Mm-hmm. And they just, they actually came and talked to me about this and just said, hey, we're thinking about transferring churches and it's nothing to do with you or the people, but we just, we're having a real hard time mourning and healing. And we know we shouldn't feel this way, but we do. And I said, go in peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because not that, you know, this should happen every time, but occasionally there is these kind of, that's a, that's a real issue that there's no doctrinal or spiritual issue to say no to that. Yeah. Right. It's just that we have this wound and it's, we're having a hard time healing. We think we need a different venue. And, and so I was happy to say, go and and be faithful to this other church, a a brother, a sister church right across town. And that was no problem. Yeah, yeah, and and so you have these circumstances where you know people want to be faithful to the the scriptures, they want to be faithful to their community, but there is just um, I've seen this too, where people will get just absolutely burned out, like in serving in a church, and they just need a season where they're able to worship, mm-hmm. where nobody really knows who they are and nothing is is expected of them. They just need to heal and and replenish. Yeah. Uh, I think another good reason would be for doctrinal reasons. And in in ministry, I've seen people who will come to the church I serve and say, hey, I'm a part of this denomination, and they're going really soft on the Bible. And this church that I grew up in is not the church I'm in now. Mm-hmm. And something has changed. Like the pastors are teaching stuff that I know is is maybe a trend, but not uh, the scriptures. And, and so out of conscience, I want to change churches. Um, I think that's a valid reason when, when you change a church because of doctrinal conviction. Yeah. Or for example, at my previous church, I had a wonderful family who, who showed up one day and, <laughs> and uh, the father uh, said, you know, we're going to a Baptist church. Uh, we're all Christians. But I read the Book of Concord, which is the Lutheran Confessions, what pastors um, confess, what we say we will uphold, that this is a faithful uh, exposition of the scriptures. So he had read that whole thing and said, this is what I believe. This is the church I've always been looking for. I believe this is the right doctrine. Yeah. Can I join your church? <laughs> that almost never happens, you know. No, that, that is the unicorn. But, yeah. yeah, so I was like, wow, that's... Uh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, well, and this goes back to, you know, do you expect to find God and all his truth in the church you're at? Yeah. And I think if you find a church, and I would just extend this to anyone, if you find a church that is more congruent with the scriptures, with the apostles, and with Jesus's teachings, mm-hmm. join it. Yeah. You know, because that's the point. You want to be close to God. Yeah. Join it, but let us know first. <laughs> yeah, right. Because then we need to yeah, know where have we not been faithful to the scriptures. Hopefully we have been faithful, but yeah. I mean, it's the the role of the congregation is to keep their pastors accountable too, that we don't just make stuff up. That's yeah. why we like to have the Bibles open during <laughs> yeah, the sermon. That's right. Don't, 
Yeah, don't allow your pastors to become cult leaders. Yeah. Check their check their work. That's a nice segue to the next good reason, which would be the uh, issue of spiritual abuse. And and so sometimes in churches, clergy or leadership or other members can be uh, spiritually abusive. I mean, uh, teaching um, doctrines that are not correct or maybe creating just an environment of hostility and fear mm. and uh, something like, you're not going to heaven if you don't listen mm, to me mm. uh, on this matter that's not scriptural. Right, right. Now, to be clear, when your pastor preaches a message that offends you or that you don't like, that's not spiritual abuse necessarily. Or when um, your church requires accountability and commitment, that's not spiritual abuse. Right. But there can be a time when, when churches can be sort of... Um, overly coercive and abusive and, and just not healthy places. I think so, you know, and, and this is something that you should pray about for sure because it's not always easy to see yeah. when it's happening and it, you could be wrong in your judgment as well in some mm-hmm. cases because a lot of people, I've been slandered as a pastor, you know, yeah. uh, and a lot of people will quickly slander a pastor, but if there is something going on, you, you need to know about it. You yeah. know, if there's, and I think... You know, if you look at Jesus, and I think, Pastor John, you had preached a sermon about um, Jesus's, like, gentle power, right? His, yeah. He, he's not a coercive, uh, attacking, physical power. Right. He's a gentle, uh, soft power, right, where he wins over hearts. Mm-hmm. There's no force in the church, yeah. you know? And so, if yeah, if there is kind of this coercive nature Domineering to the leader, kind of yeah. like, uh, you need to do this or else Yeah, increase your tithe to the church or else yeah we're going to excommunicate you or right if there's a general sense of fear in the church um in even like physical way. intimidation you know when leaders yeah. are physically intimidating they just kind of even literally back you into a corner right like th- that happens sometimes in churches and we need to be aware of that and um and if it's a kind of a shared experience in the church that, man, this just is not, it's toxic, it's yeah. not healthy. That takes a lot of courage to deal with in any any organization, but yeah. in the church, certainly. And there's there's resources to help you with that, like uh, the, the district that we're a part of yeah. has resources to help. That's why we are part of a, a, a synod and a yeah. district, a church body, is to deal with those things in, a, in an orderly way. Uh, one more would be if you're moving. When you're moving, this is one of my favorite because <laughs> because there is i think proximity is huge you know like mm-hmm. our our relationships really are based on proximity um you know where we shop where we eat our neighbors our friendships all you know all these things and so if you're driving 45 minutes to get to church it just adds up over time it's going to be hard to maintain that yeah uh, yeah or if you know i've had a lot of people move who like they said, look, I can't drive anymore, but there's a church three minutes walk from my house. Go in peace. Yeah. Because we want you to be able to engage with the church, the true church, wherever it might be found. Now, I would want, of course, to say, go to the most faithful church in your area, right? And right. hopefully there's an LCMS church there. Yeah. Go to that church. And so I would want to help with that process. And yeah, and and to add to that, when you move, it's so helpful when you move. Just let your church know. 
say, yeah. hey, can we, we're going to transfer our membership. So like, let's say that you move to Grand Island and you know, you're going to go to Peace or you're going to go to Trinity. Like, just drop us a note, initiate that transfer. Uh, that helps us to know where you are. Yeah. And not uh, spend time searching for you, wondering where did these people go. Uh, yeah, it's so helpful if you will just transfer. And even you know, if you're in college and you know you're going to be in another state for four years, go ahead and transfer your membership to that mm -hmm. church in Iowa or Minnesota or even Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Transfer your membership. Be there for four years. Transfer it back if you move home. It doesn't take much effort to do it. No, and and I think it just goes to that bigger picture of what the church is. Mm -hmm. It's like, here's the people I'm going to be committed to and I'm going to live with. I'm going to go through my life challenges with. I'm going to share burdens and joys. Yeah. And I'm going to uh, receive the body and blood of Christ with these people. And I think you can't put a price on that. And, and uh, that transferring is really a symbol that you understand what the church is. Yeah, yeah. So our overall point is, is that Christian growth occurs when we are rooted, grounded, and growing in a Christian community over the long haul. So we just encourage people to, to find that community, get rooted in it, and you know, if for some reason you do leave a church, if you go to a different church, only do that very carefully, prayerfully, in the counsel of other people, and, and let the church that you're leaving be part of that counsel. Uh, talk with your church, you know, say, hey, we're leaving because of these reasons, because you don't want to just ghost your church. Right. You want to show them the dignity of commitment and say, you know, even if you're, if you're leaving a church because they're not teaching the scriptures faithfully, yeah. because they're going soft on the Bible, you owe it to them to let them know. Say, yeah, hey, right, right. Here's why. I'm leaving and I'm leaving because I don't believe that you're teaching the scriptures faithfully. And hopefully there was a season where you were able to challenge that pulpit a little bit to be faithful before you, you before left. You, you left to yeah. say, hey, pastor, I think that this is what scripture says. Can we talk about this? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah, help me, help me if I'm wrong. Right. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thanks for the good conversation. Uh, we look forward to our next sermon uh, where we see um, what's your, what's your topic. It's going to be on Worship. Worship in the church. So What is worship? Right. It may not be what you think. And there yeah, there's a great perspective shift. Yeah. Uh, that I I'm I'm hoping you really can can help us see. So God's peace be with you all and we'll see you next time for another episode of Every Moment His.